you launched an amazing online course, but you're completely lost on how to scale? Welcome to the Online Course Elevator Podcast, where we explore the strategies for taking online courses to seven figures and higher. I'm your host, Joshua Lyon. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Online Course Elevator Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I am coming off a whole lot of work from this past week, just diving into things, diving into frameworks and and strategies and things I want to share. And I want to thank you guys for listening because I, this is, I, you know, it's not a whole lot, but I think I've got like 38 or 40 downloads of this podcast and I am stoked about it. And it just has me fired up to, to really like take that next step to think about what I want to do with this, where I want to go and how I want to help people. So thank you for sticking with it. I know I probably haven't gotten that much better over the last few podcasts, but I do feel like I've I've grown just a little bit, you know, gotten a little more comfortable talking on the microphone, probably come a little bit more alive. So I just appreciate you guys um, sticking with this podcast, and I would appreciate it if you shared it. If you would share it in the communities that you're a part of on Facebook for course creators, if you would share it with any of your friends who are course creators, I would just love for more people to, you know, be here for me to help. So thank you for listening and let's get into the main topic today. Today, I want to talk about four different ways that you can create feedback loops in your course business. And feedback loops are kind of a framework that I'm working on. It's something that I saw a lot of when I was at the Art Institute and when I was helping grow that online course. But it's really something that I don't see a lot of course creators doing. And I think it's what's causing them to lose some of the faith in their business and and the knowledge that they have is, is not that they don't have the knowledge, it's that they're not creating good feedback loops in order to properly market and frame that knowledge for their students. So I'm seeing these posts and people are like, you know, I started a course, I built it, I had a few people buy, but but now I don't have it. I'm like, either I'm not making any sales or I'm stuck at like, you know, $2,000 a month or $1,000 a month or something, basically where it's, it's not enough to to sustain or maybe they're spending the ad money that they're they're spending the money they're making on ads and it's like okay I don't want to just sit at this level and so feedback loops are something I learned about and I want to kind of take you back to where I was when when I figured this out first I want to start out with the fact that my first online course was a flop I I, and I had kind of forgotten about this, but many years ago, probably 2016 or so, I started working with a guy who was a friend of a friend and he needed a favor. He wanted to launch this online course for parents and he wasn't sure what to do. I wasn't sure what to do, but I was intrigued. And so I helped him. And that whole course just flopped. It just absolutely, you know, we didn't do anything right. And and that's okay. You know, drop that, move on. And then I'm working with the Art Institute, who is 
a huge online course and we're making millions. And so the biggest difference I saw there was that the creator actually had a feedback mechanism in place from the start. So I want to go into that. So so Ellie, the creator of, of the course, she was an artist. Uh, when 2008 hit, you know, it was detrimental for them. Their galleries were shut down or, or, or they lost a lot of their collectors because of the recession. And it was a really, really hard time. And she basically took it upon herself to, in her backyard, in a barn, to start a small art studio where she could teach people how to paint, how to draw. And what happened is she just started building up local students and she started teaching these courses and she started just absorbing every question that they had for her, learning more about what they wanted to know, learning more about the gaps in her teaching. So she would teach a class, you know, take the questions, improve the next class and again and again and again until she just had this this database in her head of of what people wanted to know and why people wanted to why people wanted to paint and draw and, and what they what they wanted to learn and what they wanted to learn to paint and draw and, and what they needed out of a course and that that feedback of constantly doing that even in person led to her ability to just lay out her mastery program and 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 create and record it. I mean, she had already done this this product research that basically we're going to talk about and you know, literally overnight after that she had hundreds of students. I'm not even kidding. It was like she knew what she was doing because she had been working with these students. And so when they launched her online program, she had students immediately, built a Facebook group with it to create a larger community, and now they have their own app and software. And so this feedback loop idea is really powerful. And what I, what I realized is really in order to be successful in a business of any kind, even, even corporate businesses apply this feedback loop mentality you know, when, when they have something that they want to release, they don't just put it out there and then see if people buy it because that would be a loss of money. They do research and they do, uh, you know, market fit analysis and they will do surveys of people and they'll do focus groups and they really, they really research what it is that people want before they go and produce a product. And so you have to be the same way. You have to put things out there and, and you have to ask, it, you know, is, is this a struggle you have? What do you think of this solution? Is, is that solution something you'd pay money for if it could solve that problem? You know, and so you have to have these feedback loops in order to even get that initial feedback of what your audience and your students are looking for. So we're going to go into four ways to create those feedback loops and how to continually iterate with those feedback loops. And the first one I want to talk to you about, and this is for, this is for my listeners with no audience 
who have literally, you know, they're just starting their course and, and they're, they're figuring all of this out. You want to join communities. You want to join Facebook communities around what you're doing. You want to join LinkedIn communities around what you're doing. If you um, are on Reddit, you want to go to Reddit um, subreddits that, that are talking about what you're doing and, and what Basically, when I say what you're doing, you want to think about what your student is looking for. So let's say you teach guitar. You want to go to these communities where people are learning to play guitar or, or they are helping each other play guitar or they're posting videos. But anything about playing guitar, you want to use these as research areas you want to be collecting insights from these and just building up kind of a database of of what these people are looking for and what they're asking and the struggles that they're having. And so if you are just starting out, joining communities is the best way. That's number one. If you are already on this journey and, and you've already got some students and you've been doing this a little while and you're like, all right, I need something extra, then that is where you build your own community. You need a place where your audience feels like they're in the club because that is where they're going to be comfortable. That's where they're going to share. That's where they're going to feel like they can be themselves and they can ask vulnerable questions without being laughed at or, or anything like that. And most people will build this on Facebook and that's fine. Kajabi has its new community feature, uh, that I've heard a lot of great feedback out. There's LinkedIn, um, Facebook is just, I think, the overarching easiest one for people to get to because you do have to think about where people are most easily going to access this community. If you create a brand new app and people have to go download that app and then they have to remember to check that app every time that they want to engage with your community, it's going to limit the accessibility for them and it's going to limit your engagement. So if they're already on Facebook and it's easy for them, they open Facebook anyway to see what, you know, their family and their friends are doing. It's easy for them to see a post from your community and be like, "Ooh, what's going on here? So I'm not saying it's that's for everybody because everyone has a little bit different topic or niche and, and maybe it is something you, maybe your people are professionals you know, maybe you're teaching them uh, professional growth or career growth or something. And so LinkedIn is where they're spending a lot of time. Another option for you might be Telegram. This is a free app and, and it might better suit your, your kind of demographic psychographic if it's, if it's more people who are technology-based or maybe they're international or something and they don't get Facebook everywhere they are. So whatever works for your audience create a community there and build that community up. It, they don't have to be people who just bought your course or bought your product. Anyone interested in that who needs a place to talk and to speak about ideas and to, to get feedback on things. That's what you're trying to provide for them. Think about it as, as a, you know, a club in, in your town. What would you want that to look like? Or maybe it's the local bar in your town and maybe it's very relaxed or, you know, whatever it is. Maybe it's like the gym and you're there working out, working those exercises, working those strategies, and you're providing that place for them to do it. So that's number two, build your own community in order to get feedback 
on what is happening in your topic, in your niche, what your audience needs. Number three is live workshops. And I like these a lot because we did a lot of live workshops when I was at the Art Institute. And it's really, really engaging because it's instant. So we would teach and then we would basically do a Q&A. And when you do that, you are instantly getting questions from your lesson, which you can't do in an online course. So we would teach how to paint something and then afterwards we would ask for questions and we would learn so much about the gaps in what we were teaching and what people wanted to know. Not only that, but as you get better at that and you develop your courses based on those gaps and your other products based on those gaps, you're able to pitch those products live to somebody and go, oh, actually we have something that addresses that right here in our whatever program. You can get that program, you know, we'll drop a link in the comments below and and you can go get it. It'll, it'll teach you all about that. And so that is a really, really easy way to make those sales. And a lot of times after those live workshops, we were pitching a certain product that built on what we taught in the live workshop. Um, but it's just a live workshops are a really, really great, great way, especially for cold audience. If you're marketing them and advertising them to, to get new insights and new ideas about what you're teaching directly from your students instantly. Okay. So that's number three, live workshops. Number four is kind of a combination. It's, I call it content plus lives. And I actually learned this from Adam Scheibel, of podcasting business school. And Adam's a really, really cool guy. He does a great podcast on building a podcast business. And so what he does is he pairs his content and supplements it with a live section on or a live session on his social media. And so he might release his podcast on Mondays, and then he'll go live on Wednesdays or Thursdays to take Q&A and to talk more about the content. Maybe he had a guest on and then he, uh, you know, brings that guest back for the live. And so whatever he's doing, he, you know, he will, he will kind of build on that in his live session. And this gives him a chance to get that Q&A. It gets, it gets that feedback and he can teach a little bit more. The other thing is that social media right now Different social media platforms, whether that be Instagram or YouTube or TikTok or, you know, they're all, I think YouTube has a live, yeah, they're they're all pushing and, and favoring people who do live sessions, live events. They're pushing them up in the algorithm. They're pushing those live events to cult audience that look like their audience. So it's a great way to grow your um, audience on one of these social media platforms. And if you've already had a podcast and you've already got some podcast listeners who are engaged with you and they're going to want to go talk to you about the topic that you released or YouTube, um, YouTube followers or, or anything like that, then, you know, this is a great chance for you to engage with them. And, and it's going to, it's going to fill that live room so much faster. Okay. So there is a reason I, left number four content plus lives for the end. And that is because that is what I will be doing starting this week with this podcast. And I'm actually going to combine, I think, two of these tactics. I'm going to do a Facebook group 
where I will be doing a live session every week after I drop this podcast. So the podcast drops on Monday morning and then Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. EST, subject to change later on. Um, if you go all, you know, if if I've got 500 episodes of this and you go all the way back and listen to this later, you know, it might be different now. But as of this day, February 4th, 2023, on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. EST, I will go live and take questions and talk about online course topics and we will discuss whatever was talked about in this podcast um, as well as any other things. You can bring any question to me. I really don't care. I just want to engage. I want to talk. I want to get feedback from you guys. I want to know what you're struggling with and how I can help. So I will put a link to the Facebook group down below. There will be some questions you answer just so I can get to know you and I hope to see you on my live sessions every Tuesday at 8 after I drop this podcast. And this is a commitment. You know, this is this is what it's about. It's about committing to doing something, and this will be a commitment for me, and I'm going to make that happen. I've made this podcast happen, and it has been a commitment, and now it's time to add a live feedback loop to my content. So I'm going to eat what I preach. I just came up with that but I like it. I'm going to eat what I preach and I am going to create a Facebook group for you to join and basically engage about online course scaling. Okay. So I appreciate your time this week. I hope this was helpful. I can't wait to see you in that Facebook group. Check the link down below. And don't forget if you want to do a course audit, it is a free 30 minute session with me. We will talk about your course, any issues that you have, how you can improve. It's completely free, and you can find that at courseelevator.com backslash podcast. Thanks for joining me, and I will see you next time. If you enjoyed this track, you can check out the artist Mountaineer on Upbeat. The track title is Check It Out.